What uh, what was your offensive and defensive philosophies, and then who were the coaches or people or factors that played into your to influencing, I guess, your philosophies there? It, well, you know, I think defensively, really our situation of where we are geographically played as much a role on what we um, ran as anything because, um, you know, being intense and, and really stressing hard work and, and being somebody who wasn't really skilled uh, as a player in high school and, and just, you know, hard work kind of being my driving force. Um, we, we really, you know, wanted to get after it defensively. But at the same time, uh, we were at a school in East Texas with not much athleticism uh, that's in a region that was filled with athletes. So we, we really couldn't get out, go out and, and deny the passing lanes and being somebody's jock shot that, you know, has the ball. And, and that's what I really would like to have done. But because of who we were, we really had to um, run a sagging man. I, I never personally, um, the, the block out issues in zone, I just didn't teach you good enough. Um, and I wanted to know his butt to rip. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, if we meant to block out defensively. Um, and I knew if we were in man. So because of that, we, you know, we typically ran uh, man, a sagging man defense. And, and, you know, kind of our motto was, was one tough shot and done. And we wanted to force them into, into one look and make sure that, you know, we, we blocked out hard and, and got the rebound. Um, but real quickly on, on blocking out, you know, I really felt like, I'm sure I didn't come up with this. I'm sure somebody pointed this out to me. But um, I think the first two or three minutes of the game, that, that is so important for your kids to knock the crap out of people blocking out. Yes. Because what's going to happen is those kids that you're playing against are going to know, you know, man, I'm not, I'm not getting in there. They're, they're, you know, they're blocking out. They know what they're doing. They're, they're hitting me hard. They're, you know, they're uh, getting their butt into me. And and so then for three quarters, you know, you're getting all the boards. And on the fourth quarter, you're up. Maybe those kids get desperate. You got to be prepared again that they're going to be flying in there. But you know, if you block out hard to start the the first of the game, it's going to solve some. Um, problems for you in the, in the uh, first three quarters, but um, so so defensively, that's typically what we ran. And and you know, I don't know that there's one person that we could look at that really influenced that. It was just more of a geographical uh, influence on us that we typically were playing tremendous athletes out here, and and we had to make sure we protected those gaps. Right. Yeah. How about offensively? You know. Um, offensively, we, we kind of evolved over the years. I probably controlled too much stuff early on. And then, you know, I wish with some of those uh, really good teams I had early on that I would have uh, let them play more. We typically ran four out and um, with, you know, sets mixed in. And, and early on, I probably ran too many sets and because I had some kids that understood what we wanted, but I was too controlling. Um, we still tried to play fast, but when we got in half court, um, you know, I felt like early on I controlled the offense too much when I had kids that understood. Now, if you got kids that don't understand the game, you know, that, that's one thing. Um, but then as the years moved on, we, I come, came to see that, hey, if we want stuck players, we're going to have to turn them loose some. You know, we can't control everything, you know, that they're doing. And we just have to teach them in, off, in, in practice, you know, what's a good shot and make sure they understand uh, the shot for every kid that we don't want them taking. Uh, so, you know, our philosophy in offense was we were going to push the ball and play fast. Uh, we give the team uh, the first eight seconds of the offense to, to make something happen. And if they didn't get a good shot in the first eight seconds, then we emphasize seven passes and cut and movement and, and inside-out uh, ball. Um, we, we made sure that our kids knew their role. 
you know, I watch um, watch a lot of teams. I, I watch uh, when my son's playing uh, in college when they're playing teams, not the college he's playing at, but the teams that they're playing. And and it's just so obvious that kids don't know their role. You know, you got some kids coming down and, and shooting a three and transitioning that his elbow looks like some you know wing I just tried to eat for for dinner out there, and the, the ball never gets above the rim and and the, the the team standing up like they're anticipating the shot to go in, and you know the coach is disappointed with that, and and you're just like, what the crap is he doing shooting the ball? <laughs> you know, kids need to know what their what their role is, and so we we made sure that our kids knew their role. That shooting was not an equal opportunity importer, and um, we we charted shots like crazy throughout practice. Um, we uh, used Danny's uh, Coach Henderson's green light shooting uh-huh. uh, drill religiously. I know you're familiar with that, and and you know we did that. Uh, you know, at least every other day, and we identified those green light shooters. And for those of you guys that aren't familiar with that, that's uh, you're shooting 90 shots um, from n- uh, nine spots. You shoot 10 shots at each spot. You've got a rebounder, you got a passer, you got a shooter, and all the shooters doing is shooting. The rebounder is counting makes, and the passer is counting total shots and moving the kid over. Uh, after every 10 shots. And so I think Danny's rule was that, uh, you can correct me on this, but I think it was uh, he, the kid had to average 45 out of 90 to be a green light shooter. And at that point, you could, you know, pull up and shoot the three at any time during the game. Uh, 40 to 45, uh, you were a yellow yep. light. Mm-hmm. You know, you had, uh, depending on, on maybe what coach, but either two or three misses in the game, you didn't shoot anymore. If you were below 40, you weren't allowed to shoot the three. Um, and so, you know, our kids, knew who our green light shooters were. We upped it. We actually made our kids make average 50 out of 90. Um, you know, you have to do that about 10 times going into the season so you get a good average on that. We, we kept that posted everywhere uh, so the kids knew who those kids were. And even in transition, you know, we had kids that were unselfish and screen in for those shooters. Uh, where those shooters would run to the corner and our guard there had the ball. You know, he knew it was his job to get to the elbow on the side of the green light shooter so he could feed the, the post runner on the backside. He didn't get to the rim or kick for the transition three. Um, and, and so we, you know, we really made sure kids knew what their role was. Um, if you were a flasher and a, and a slasher, then that was your job. It wasn't to pull up shoot the three. And so that, you know, we took the ran four out with making sure our kids understood their role with different offensive sets mixed in. One thing to mention about the green light shooting, I think you did a smart thing in raising the average because you were a team that wanted to run in transition a little bit. The the yeah. This is just my opinion, and, and uh, you might agree with me here, but I feel like you have to be more disciplined the faster that you play when it comes to shot selection because you're going to get more shots. And so I think raising the percentage there and really identifying roles, especially if you're a transition-type team, that, that's a smart deal to do because I, I'm totally fine if we're walking it up and down the court, a guy that makes 45 out of 90 or 40 out of 90 shooting the ball because those are going to be you know, very set shots. You know, It's not going to yeah. be more deliberate. And so I, I, I think uh, being really disciplined offensively if you're playing fast is a, is a huge key. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. You know, you're – if you're playing fast, you're increasing the number of possessions, and so if you're increasing the number of possessions, then taking bad shots, you're uh, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Right. Um, so we, you know, we we changed that pretty early on uh, as we saw some of those percentages of our kids that uh, we thought, you know, I'm not I'm not seeing him knock down the shots that I want him to to make in the game, so we need to increase that. And you know, we had we had kids that averaged. 
you know, 72 makes out of 90. Uh, that that was their average. And so, um, we, you know, our, our players knew who they were. And, you know, they, it's their job to get that kid the ball. Yeah, and one of those one of those guys was Davis, I'm sure, because he was an unbelievable shooter at the high school level and holds national records for making threes. Isn't that correct? I know you don't like bragging on your kids, but I'm going to make you do it here. Uh, yeah, Davis, <laughs> uh, Davis was a pretty good shooter, and, and you know, of course, it came from from hard work and being in the gym and, and getting those shots up. But um, yes, we definitely wanted to get him. <laughs> Like what you told me about, you know, your dad. I'm sure Davis could probably still tell me that we didn't, you know, we didn't get him enough looks. So. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know, we with with that charting too. You know, we did that during the summer, even where I would print out a, a, a picture size uh, chart of the dates and their shots and what they've done, and, and you know, it's not mandatory, but I would put it up everywhere around the gym with and write the kids in our program's name on it. And when those kids came in, they would write down what they did that day. And so the other kids in the program would see, hey, this kid's shooting. And then I would keep those charts, too, so that if uh, uh, Billy's mom came in and, and thought that Billy wasn't getting enough you know, time or wasn't getting enough looks, you know, we'd pull it out and just say, you know, he shot you know, he shot 2,000 shots this summer. This kid shot 4,000. Right. You know, who do you think we're going to go with? And, and so, um, anyway, we, we just charted everything. We made sure our kids knew who our shooters were. Yeah, that's really good. Um, just a couple of things we want to talk about on our third episode with Coach uh, Trey Moore would be uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, playing time, parent issues, and then I want to get, want to help the coaches who have uh, sons that, that uh, play for them help these coaches because Coach Moore has been in that situation with his son playing for him. So join us next time on our third episode, our third part of our series with Coach Trey Moore.